the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 The Answer presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information from the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, and it is absolutely, if you want to have what I would call a perfect day, a perfect day. It's just beautiful out. I'm Dottie Herman, and you're listening to the one and only show on talk radio that's all about real estate and nothing but real estate, which is something that everyone enjoys talking about. And if my voice sounds weird, it is strange. I, uh, you know, my home that's been renovated for it's two years now that I still can't. I moved in the basement while they're doing the upstairs on the second year, and uh all of the boxes that had towels and things. Of, after two years, the cardboard disintegrated, even though a mover wrapped them and everything for me. Uh, and so there's dust and this, and I was cleaning. And you got to be careful when you're using all those detergents that are not natural because they really damaged my lungs. So uh, I, I, I kind of went on the Internet, and it tells you what kind of products you should use so they don't, Really, because you could really hurt yourself from inhaling some of that stuff. But other than that, I'm fine, and I'm hoping that by the end of the summer, my house is finished. Uh, I will have the record the end of, of this summer, or what summer? Well, uh, I'm lucky if it's this summer. Okay. I said I'm moving in. They're like, you can't move in. There's nothing ready, and I'm like, well, mm-hmm. I don't really care. Okay, I'm not renting another summer, but you really can't live in fumes. So I don't Your know. Your house needs it its was- own. Your house needs a Twitter account too. To report the updates to the to the renovation. Yeah, no, I'm really? going to. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going right. to post the whole thing, the whole experience. You know, from the beginning to to the um, yeah till you know the slow progress. <laughs> but really, you don't you you don't really realize what you're taking on unless you really realize it. And even myself, you know, I'm a guru in real estate, but I am not a construction uh, person, so I. You know, when I talked to the architect and they said, well, this is what I want to do. No problem. You should do this, this, and this. And I said, sure. And I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And then if you're not there, I can't tell you. I'm a very visual person, so I can look at something and see what's wrong with it. And uh, when the studs were just there, there was no sheetrock or anything, I looked and I'm like, well, this door is too not wide enough. Mm-hmm. And this is not right. And that wall shouldn't be that. And, uh, you know, we took down a bunch of things. And sometimes when you put something on a plan, the plan might, you know, 
your plan might look okay if you can really understand plans. But if you're a visual person like me, it's hard to know, understand the dimensions of how everything works. So I did rip things down that I put up a I couple see. of times. So that did set me back a little bit. Now, are there, but I are wasn't there workers? Are there workers there every day, or does weeks? Well, go no. By now I have somebody up? who some, some of my Douglas Elliman people who pass by when I'm because I wasn't there, and you know, it's just uh, I don't want to say everyone, but you know, you have to be on it. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Okay. And. As I'm in, I'm in the Hamptons, and everyone is out this week, I guess with 4th of July landing on a Wednesday, I think a lot of people took the whole week off. And uh, everyone is talking about real estate. And who said, gee, my home didn't sell quick enough, or I have a rental for August, and it didn't rent yet. Uh, how much is your rental? Oh, 150000 a month. Oh, okay. Well, there's not millions of people walking around with that. But... Uh, Oh, 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 I, I'm looking for an investment. Uh, it has to be very, very, very something I can make a couple of million on. Uh, you know, I had everyone in anything. Oh, do you think I should put an addition to my house? Uh, do you think I'll get my value? I mean, I just couldn't. And after a while, I just wanted to hide. Okay. <laughs> and when I tell you on the show, and when we say that, aside from politics, <laughs> and Real estate is one of the most talked about subjects on earth, and it is. And as Mark Twain said, they aren't making any more of it. So it's a good thing. And although I'm complaining, I'm really not complaining because of kind of that's really a good thing <laughs> uh, that everybody really wants to get your advice and know what to do. And uh, also, you know, if there's complaints, you know, and again, sometimes people aren't realistic to how things quickly things happen. Don't sometimes, you know, they think you just put the house on the market and it just rents in one day. Uh, sometimes they're not, but sometimes just talking to people and calming them down and getting them to understand the process is a big help. And that's all you have to do. And I'm very good that way with talking to people and working them through it. So, but it is a good real estate market all over the country. Uh, and I guess the weather now is going to make up for all the cold weather that we had that lasted late. If you Googled the word real estate, did you ever Google the word real estate? Mm, I mean, I, you get a million uh, yes, responses. Yes, results. Okay, so tell me it's not talked about. And if you call 866-970-9622, you can talk with us live about real estate, and we'll be happy to answer any questions you might have. We're at 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. And you can follow us. You can follow me on Twitter and Facebook. And if you want to write to us, here is our email. It's radioshow at element.com. That's radioshow at element.com. Best of all, call us right now, 866-970-9622. By the way, the national sales statistics just came out from CoreLogic for this past May, and home prices were up 7.1% year over year, which is more than they expected, I think, mostly because there are fewer homes on the market. This is great news if you own a home, and not so great if you're looking to buy. Another statistic that was just released was 50% of home buyers in America had a mortgage rate of 3.75 or less. 
for the first quarter. That's pretty terrific. So I would say that if you're on the fence either about buying or selling, this is a really good moment to get into the market and get a mortgage while the rates are still below five. We've got a great show for you today. My friend and co-host Jerry Feeney is with us. Um, Jerry is a prominent real estate attorney, as you know, and if you have any legal questions, either as a landlord or a homeowner or an aggrieved neighbor, Jerry can give you some smart advice. So please give us a ring at 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. Also with us, of course, is my friend, and he's really his, your parents named you, right? Call them Ace, one of two support. <laughs> And he's the executive vice president of Citizens Bank, who is available to answer any of your questions about getting a mortgage or a refinance or a home equity loan. Now, uh, I think, Ace, that you might blush if anyone could see you, but Ace was recently called a mortgage maestro. And we are going to talk about, I mean, really, there's an article about Ace, and when I read it, Every bit of it is true, and it says, Young Gun Banker Breaking the Mold to Become New York's Mortgage Maestro. And Ace, what is Tarp, is on top of the world, and they say, of course, as Vice President of Citizens Bank, which is the 12th largest retail bank in the country. He also is a co-owner of eight restaurants in New York City, became president of Douglas L.D. Capital Mortgage when he was 31, and was the first Asian-American walk-on basketball player at the University of Connecticut in 2000. And he is known, Ace is known to some of the biggest players in real estate. And um, the fact that you can check Ace's social media accounts where you can see him taking part in panel discussions and events uh, all over the place. And, of course, I uh, will tell you, I saw the talent in him the moment I laid eyes on him. I told you the story. And the article goes on and on. And uh, in three years since Ace has been with Citizens Bank, he's expanded the firm's residential lending practice into new markets and grown its market share and purchasing and financing and refinance. It's a great article. And I would advise, I mean, don't be modest. It's all true. I mean, it goes on and on. Uh, It talks about your current role and has been vocal about educating the younger generation on programs for first-time home buyers. And that's why if you know a first-time home buyer or you are one um, or you know one, you really should have them get to ACE, whether they call him or email him or tweet him, uh, because he really does a lot. And remember, millennials make up 35% of the market base, and by 2020, we'll make up 55 to 70%. So if you don't get millennials, you better start. That's a big number, Dottie. Yeah. But, um, I know. Thank you so much, Dottie. Just, just happy to be here. And uh, I know, so but I mean, it, it's well deserved. I mean, it's 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 just well deserved. I mean, you really stand out in the crowd, and you know, I think in life, you know, five ten percent. If you talk to that, I mean, a lot of people are good at what they do, and um, but then there's a small few that just really stand out in the crowd, and that that was you from the moment I met you. And there's a book um, that I. There's a bunch of books that I, there's parts of them that I never forget. And uh, there's a book, it's called Good to Great. And I, I would say it doesn't make easy reading, but it really goes through like great, great companies 
And there's a whole criteria, which I don't remember. But it can't be that, you know, you're a flash in the past. You can't just go in and be out next year. You have to sustain it being a great company in certain many years. And they try to look at what makes companies good opposed to great. Because, and um, I never, this is really the, the crust of the book, and I think it's so true. It says that, in the, in, in the book Good to Great, it says that good is the enemy of great because most people are satisfied with good. So never be satisfied with good. Push yourself to be great. Um, that's another secret, and I know that Ace sure is. And so congratulations, Ace. As thank always. you, Dottie. And, and, and I have to say, you know, thank, thank you to you um, for believing in me when I was 31. Um, to, to, to really um, lead the financing arm for Douglas Elliman. So thank you, Dottie, uh, for all that um, you've done. Don't for, thank for me. me. I saw it in you, and you have really been, like if I have to look up to anyone, I, you're one of my idols. I really think you're terrific. And I'd thank also you. like to take a moment to thank Citizens Bank for recognizing that and for helping make this show possible and tell you a little about one of their remarkable services for small businesses. Um, Citizens doesn't only do mortgages. Uh, Citizens offers a collection of services for handling large volumes of mailed checks that your company receives. They call it lockbox. Instead of sending checks to you, customers can send them to a designated P.O. box so citizens can process them quickly and you can access your funds faster. That's interesting. With lockbox, you can also receive accurate reports on receivables simply by logging into your lockbox account. Citizen even offers international collection services for small businesses that do business overseas. So go to citizensbank.com, that's citizensbank.com, online, or visit their many branches. And before I take this call, I just want to remember that on this day in history, which we always do, do you know that Joan of Arc was acquitted 25 years after her death? Now, what good is that? Could you tell me? Jerry, you're Better attorney. late than never. Better late okay. than never. <laughs> but after her death, I guess they deserved. Wasn't she the witch or something? No, she was burned at the stake. <clears throat> yeah, she was burned. So, yeah. yeah so they acquitted her, and yeah. uh, I guess sorry that's a about little, that. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. Twenty-five years later, but it was already too late. I guess. Yeah, listen, I guess she said I mean, never. The wheels of justice grind slowly. So. Yeah. And in this day in 1456, a retrial verdict acquits Joan of Arc 25 years. So there was a retrial 25 mm. years later. Jerry, can you do that now? Can you have a retrial 25 years later? Not, not generally after someone is dead. They consider the issue moot. So uh, Because there know. might be a lot of dead people that want to have a retrial. Well, you know. <laughs> or their family might want to clear the name. Yeah, you can you can have a you can vacate a verdict years after. I mean, there was a case of a young man who was executed wrongly that he was recently uh, exonerated to clear the name to set the record straight. There's something to be said for that. Yeah. There's there's actually a lot of cases now, Jerry, where uh, you know they have like DNA uh, with technology today, where mm-hmm. people get um, you know the Innocence Project. It's cool. Exactly. Well, that's good to know. If they. Uh, ever falsely convict me and I'm dead, make sure, Jerry and Ace, that you get a retrial, all right? 
We'll, Even if we'll I'm definitely, dead. We'll, we'll, we'll My name is important to me. My reputation is so. You better make that promise. We'll work to clear your name. Yeah. I don't care what it costs. <laughs> okay. Okay. Is there any other uh, news, or is that is that it? <laughs> no. Uh, on this day in 1550, chocolate was introduced in Europe for the first time in Spain. Uh-huh. And back then, people actually didn't eat chocolate. They drank it mixed with milk. So that was chocolate milk. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a delicacy. And today, if your birthday, you say you share it with Alaska. Happy birthday, Alaska. On this day in 1958, President Eisenhower signed a bill approving Alaska for statehood. So this <clears throat> means that Alaska was born under the sign of the brave crab. It's a water sign, too, and all those glaciers are melting. So that was a little joke, okay? Did you get it? No. All right. Forget it. If you don't think I'm funny, then I'm just going <laughs> to take a caller instead. So I have Betty from Brooklyn. Good morning, Betty. Thanks for calling I on Real Estate. Good morning. Uh, I was just curious as to um, using your expertise. Why are there so many empty stores in Brooklyn and in uh, Manhattan? And if you were an entrepreneur, uh, what would succeed in moving into these stores business-wise? That's a good question, and I guess there's a lot of factors. Uh, I think one of the factors that I've noticed in Manhattan and Brooklyn is the rents have gone up so much. But why? Because of the, the, the areas have gone up in value so much that the rents, you know, when and you know when when the rents go up that high, it's hard for a small retailer to pay those rents and make a profit. So again, like you could have a great business, but when you're looking for commercial real estate to put retail in, and you want to run a business out of it, the lease and the escalations on the lease, how much they go up, are really key on whether you make it or not. And if you notice. Like if you go into any mall, you know, whether it's in the suburbs or it's the city, you'll see all the same stores there. And if you go to here, you can go to Dubai and see the, the malls there. And you're, they're all chain stores. Like, you know, they're all big name stores that have a chain. It's very hard for the local entrepreneur. And if you look at New York City, and again, I haven't lived here all my life, but I remember when I was younger going into the city and there was all these little specialty stores and kind of, you know, stores you never saw anyplace. And a lot of them were forced to leave because of rents. Jerry or Ace, you have any insight on that? I think the landlords have gotten super greedy on, on uh, escalating rents. And they, uh, and also, you know, brick-and-mortar retail, retail is just, struggling all over the country you know things like amazon and the internet are really taking uh, a toll on on brick and mortar i mean toys r us it was a staple of the retail industry is just shut down their stores are empty now uh radio shack you know used to be one in every corner is empty it's just it's a very tough retail market for brick and mortar because a lot of people yeah you hit it on the nail i think technology has definitely changed the way people shop the way people actually even eat so Mm-hmm. A lot of these brick-and-mortar uh, folks that, that have been there 10, 15 years now with increasing rent uh, rent increases, 
and less revenue coming in. It's, it's just so much we harder. We have to, to take a break, Ace, but hold that thought because they said that about the bookstores and then Amazon came out and they said they'd all be out of business and some of them survived it. But that's what's going on now. We'll be right back with uh, Eye on Real Estate. We just have a quick commercial break. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. Hi, we're back. You're listening to I Am Real Estate. I'm here with legal counsel and legal genius Jerry Feeney and my financial wizard, Ace Watersubharp. And uh, I'm Dottie Herman. And uh, we're here to talk about real estate and anything that has to do with it. So I have some questions from listeners. Uh, some of them are for me, which um, usually they're for Jerry or Ace. But here's one. It says, uh, Dottie, by the time you get to answer this question, I probably will have already made a decision. But I'd still like to hear your advice. It took me a year to decide to sell my house, and I interviewed two brokers. I put the house up for sale two weeks ago, and I received an offer for about 10% less than asking. My problem is not the price, but that I got an offer so quick. It bothers me that the house might have been priced too cheaply. What should I do from Bayside, Queens? Well, dear listener, I talked about that on the show before, and um, obviously when a broker lists the house, they're going to show you comps and uh, show you what's on the market and what's sold and basically what's your competition And it really never fails. Usually if someone gets an offer, which means the broker priced it really well for most part. I mean, I guess there could be a case where somebody didn't know what they were doing. Uh, But obviously the broker should show you the comps. But that happens a lot. When somebody gets an offer right away, they go, oh, my God, I don't think I should take this. It came too quick. Should I, could, could I get more? Should I get more? Should I not take this offer? And if they don't, a lot of times I've seen this in my career they never get the same offer again. So I think if you got a good offer and if it was close to what you wanted uh, and the financing and the terms of the deal was good, then you should take take it knowing that you have a deal and that it's done and that you could move on with your life. And you're saying it was only 10%. Now, you could have gambled on that, and I always say how much of a gambler on you are you, and you could have waited to take it and see if you get full price. Um, but, you know, you, and you might. I mean, you can't know 100%, but you might. But I think the terms of the deal are really important, too. So if they were good terms, my guess is I would have taken it. And, God, you save yourself a lot of aggravation of having people in and out of your house all summer. Correct. So that's my advice. Um, Dottie, the buyer for my house asked me to pay points on their mortgage as a tax-deductible expense. Each point per- purchase will lessen an interest rate. Why would a seller do this? Ace, you want to explain that? Can you, can you ask that question one more time, Dottie? The buyer from my house asked me to pay points on their mortgage as a tax-deductible expense. So the buyer who is buying Got somebody's it. house okay, um, asked them to pay points. 
as a tax yep. deductible. Each point purchased will lessen an interest rate. Why would a seller do this? Yeah, so that's called a seller buy down. So in a marketplace like like a, it, like a marketplace like right now, where there may be a little bit of less traffic than what we were used to before, um, the seller has the ability to pay points for the buyer, thus giving them a lower interest rate. So, um, for example, some developers are actually offering that today where they're doing a seller buy-down for the buyers where they're actually paying down a point or two to lower the interest rate by, let's say, half a percent or a percent. So let's say today rates are at 4.625 on a 30-year. They could actually buy it down to 3.625, giving the buyer a lesser down payment and also you know, helping them qualify for more if the rate's lower. So yeah. it's, it's pretty so, common. Like, yeah, no, I don't think it's as it's, – it's, I mean, it's common, but a lot of people don't know about it. So let me yes, tell you this. they don't know about it. Because yep. it's a good question. And so if you're listening on the show, if you're a seller, you it, it really takes your property and makes it stand out because – what you're doing is instead of increasing the price, you take a, a little bit off the price. Instead of adding it to the price, you kind of do it and you give somebody a lower mortgage rate, which it's the same money to you and it's tax deductible. And that allows more buyers to qualify for your home because exactly. the interest rate is less. And on top of that, when you advertise it and you're advertising a lower interest rate that somebody can, that you know, you're going to help them out with. I think it makes it stand out. It's a great marketing tool as well. Yes. As well. So yeah. I think it's both. And that's a very good question. And, you know, we should talk about that more. Um, my last question that I'm going to do today, I have a lot of them. Uh, maybe I'll have one for Jerry. But uh, my, bedroom, uh, my bedroom window faces an air shaft shared by large, a larger building next door. Everybody has window air conditions except me. I don't like the air conditioned air blowing on me. I grew up in Barbados, and I can't afford the electric bill. I leave my window open, but it's like a jet plane. Is there a noise law? The super said I could hire somebody to test the noise levels, but that's costly. Is there such a thing as too much noise? How could they make everybody shut their air conditioners off? Box in Brooklyn. Well, boxed in Brooklyn. <laughs> Go back to Barbados is one option, but it was quiet. Um, you know, they do have noise studies. I was at, I don't remember, maybe a year ago, maybe I was at Inman or something like that. And they had a whole company that does that before you buy something and tests the noise factor, like how much noise is there. Now, I have to say, if you're in the city, I think you just get immune to it. But, I, you know... I don't know that there's really an answer to that. I don't think you, even if there was a noise law, I mean, there is a noise law, and if this, but I, I don't think you're going to get anywhere with that. I think you're just going to have to maybe put earplugs on. How's that? I don't know. Um, but box and book, yeah, try earplugs or put some nice music on, and maybe that would help. Um, Jerry. Can the board evict the owner of an apartment in a co-op building? My husband and I are besides ourselves. It's been like a war with our next-door neighbor for two years. It's obvious that he's doing it just to be annoying. It's been everything from pounding music. We called. We sent notes. We wrote to the co-op board. 
to the bicycles left in the hallway between our apartment doors to him, keeping the front door to his apartment ajar. We don't know why. We seem to be the only people on the floor who's bothered by this. Okay, but his apartment door is next to mine. The board president had to talk with this guy, but he doesn't want to get involved. What are my rights in a co-op? The guy is openly flaunting the rules. Can I force them to evict him? How does the Pullman Clause work? Uh, I don't know what the Pullman Clause is. For I don't people, either, so. but I thought maybe you would know, Jerry. <laughs> no, no. I thought it was a legal thing. I'm like, I never no. heard of that. Never heard of it. But look, when you're in a co-op, your status is uh, as a tenant and you are uh, you have, are entitled to a right of quiet enjoyment. And if the right of quiet enjoyment is being interfered with, then the uh, the landlord is in default under the lease and you can use whatever remedies are available to you, including withholding rent. Um, the president of the board not wanting to get involved, um, I can appreciate that, but then stop being the president of the board. That's your job. Um, the board is required to to act on behalf of the corporation and make sure that you know people are able to quietly enjoy their apartment and you know some of what you're describing is are you know clear violations of of every house rules of every building in the city i mean leaving bicycles in the hallways a fire hazard um you know it, it really is too bad when things get to this stage uh between neighbors because you know nobody's going to be able to agree at this at this point it seems like it's too far down the road. I don't know why the other tenants on the floor are not helping because they're certainly probably, you know, um, being disturbed just as much as, as you are. And, and, you know, when you have two or three people complaining, it's a much different situation than one because sometimes, you know, people can think you're you're just being hypersensitive. But yes, they, they can absolutely evict. The co-ops have evicted and terminated the leases of co-op owners when it gets serious enough. Well, you they know, can, a, but yeah. like you said, at this point, like if the if the because I think um, the uh, the person writes that they they went to the super and the board president and he had a talk with the guy, but he really doesn't want to get involved. So obviously, is that the right place to go? But at this point, maybe if they're not willing to help you out, um, then maybe you, what you do is knock on his door with an apple pie or something. No, and I'm kidding about the apple pie, but you just not, and say, look. This thing got out of hand, and I didn't, you know, I, and, and don't put the fault on him, all all the fault on him, because don't forget, he's probably mad at you because you you went to the super or the president. And say, let's put this there. Maybe we could compromise. We're neighbors, and I want this to, you know, I want us to be good neighbors or something, because it doesn't look like the building's going to do too much, Jerry. So what's, what, what course of action other than you that would you do? It can't hurt. You know, it can't hurt. Try talking to him. Try talking to him one more time to end the feud. Because right now, now he's probably mad that you went to the board. Try one more time. You have nothing to lose. You're listening to Ion Real Estate, 866-970-9622. We'll be right back after a short commercial break. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back. You're listening to I on Real Estate. I'm here with uh, Ace, what a two-part 
I'll get it more. Well, I'm getting better. So maybe another five years, Ace, I'll have it perfect. Uh, <laughs> Jerry Feeney, our legal counsel. And we were answering, Jerry was answering, can the board evict the owner of an apartment in a co-op building? And the, the, the uh, person that sent this email wrote, can I, can I force the board to evict him? How does the Pullman Clause work? And we just had someone do some research on the Pullman Clause, and there is such a thing. So the first thing you have to look in, if it's in your lease, I think it was enacted in 2003, and there was a case where this guy Pullman, and it was in the city, 67th Street or something like that, where, you know, he got the boards to be able to, on their own, evict somebody if they were a nuisance. Now, I don't know uh, more than that about it, but there is such a thing of the Pullman Clause, and um, I don't know, Jerry, maybe we'll find a little more about it. All right. Okay. So, uh, so I guess it depends on how really grievous the, the, the nuisance was. I mean, I guess the bicycle is, like Jerry said, a, a hazard, uh, but, you know, I'm not sure how... How you know how loose this board is? You know, sometimes they're so strict, and sometimes they're not strict enough. So it depends. But uh, keep us posted. One more question: uh, My father died not long ago. In his will, he left his house to me and my brother, who died two years before. Obviously, Pop never changed his will. My brother had no kids. He was divorced for years and years, and I was his closest family. There's a small mortgage on the house, just $80,000. Can I inherit the house, or do I have to go to court to prove my brother is dead? That's from Westchester, that caller. Is Jerry? Well, the the will would have to be probated, um, which is not a tremendously complex process. Um, In the absence of the will, if Dad died without a living spouse, you would get it anyway under intestate succession. The fact that the brother died before uh, and he had no children means that his part of the gift lapses. If he had children, it would go to his children. Siblings, um, even if they died before, it generally goes under the law, goes to their, their uh, you know, what we call issue, all their descendants. But since your brother had none, you're definitely going to take it. But you do have to probate the will. Just get on to the circus court. You can do it on your own. If, there's, if it's not a complicated matter and the uh, clerks down there are very helpful, they'll show you what paperwork to file. You need to just, you know, have death certificates. And once the judge is um, confident that everybody died in the order that you said they died, then you would be able to reissue the deed in your name and, and have it free and clear. Okay. That's the answer to that. You know, I was reading, and I don't know if everyone knows this, but I was reading something, I think, USA Today, and uh, somebody asked, in the paper, there's a, uh, a Pete who's kind of a financial planner, Pete Dunn. And somebody asked, Dear Pete, what are your thoughts on taking Social Security once you retire, but before reaching full retirement age? For me, full retirement age is 66 years and two months. My position will be eliminated when I'm 65 and four months. So there is a 10-month shortfall. Would you re- recommend taking Social Security early or should I use my 401k or my after-tax investments to cover the 10 months when there will no longer be income? I plan to no longer work after retirement due to health concerns. Larry. Now, I don't know if everyone knows this, 
Well, he answers, dear Larry, you've clearly done your research, but this is what I don't think I even knew. The folks born, I thought retirement was 65 or something when you get Social Security, but it says those folks born between 1943 and 1954 are able to retire with full Social Security benefits starting age 66. So it's not 65. And then every year after 1954, those filing simply add two months to the age to age 66 to determine their full retirement age until the year 1960 when full retirement age tops out at 67. So I guess they made it a little bit later. <coughs> well, people living longer and they're trying to balance the Social Security Trust Fund, which was getting out of, out of whack because people were living longer and taking more benefits. So by the time... You know, someone like Ace gets there, it'll be like 85 before he can retire with Social Security. Right. So, uh, do, you know, I know that you should, if you can, you should take your full benefits as late, the late, as late as possible because I know that if you take them early, it's less. I mean, sometimes you don't have the option. Um, every case is different. So if you really need the 1800 you might want to take it. But I think you really have to call and look at the the 10 months, uh, you know, or if you take it early, how much that's going to affect your total payout. Now, they usually send you something in the mail that tells you what you'd get if you were to retire at that date. But a lot of people retire early and they want to take their benefits early. And then I would say to you, before you do that, you know, contact your Social Security office and see the difference of what full benefits would be opposed to if you take them early. It's less and uh, if it's a big amount of money or something that's really going to make a difference for a lot of years, then maybe you can find something in the interim to do, uh, to supplement, you know, maybe even a part-time job or something because the job market is good and they say there's not even enough people to fill the jobs up. So with that, I uh, mortgage rates, ACE, they're still low. They're under five, right? Yeah, they actually went down just a little bit the last two weeks. Now, why so would they go down? Why would you think they would go down? Um, th- there's talks within, I guess, the global economy with the tariffs, tariffs oh, um, yeah. taxes with, between China and, and the U.S. So because of that, it caused the bond market to sort of have an uptick. But, um, you know, we're currently at 4.5% on a 30-year fixed rate. So it's still it's still hovering between the 4.5, 4.625 range study for for you know a couple months now so it's not it's still at an all-time low still below five percent so if you're looking to refinance or you're looking to purchase now is the time you know I, I tell everyone all of the listeners you know all of the clients that come in you know there's really no better time right now especially with prices you know coming back to norm i guess what i would say normal um more practical price price points and then with an all-time low uh interest rate you're, 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 you're in a perfect storm right now. So, Right. So if you find something you like, move on it. Or first CA, the, pull, then move on pull, it. <laughs> pull the trigger. Pull the trigger. Don't hesitate. Pull the trigger. Anyhow, um, Ace, we had uh, the uh, guy, the man from Unison, which is a company that uh, lends, not lends, I shouldn't say lends, Gives shares, gives people the differential for the down payment. So if you had 10%, they give you the other 10. You, there's no monthly payments. You share, I think, in the equity, and you have 30 years to sell the house, something like that. So that, Correct. And then you yep. give them 
they get 35% or how much do they get some piece of that equity when you sell. And they get uh, 35% on the on the appreciation value. Right. And so it's really a a, a cool way of helping people get the 20% down so they don't have to pay mortgage insurance, which is an extra cost. And also their payments, their monthly payments will be less because they're putting down 20%. But um, we found some other companies now after that. I mean, I thought that was the only one. And did you ever hear of Ace, Home Fund Me, in which total strangers can contribute to fundraisers for down payments? I, I did not. I did not. That's, and what of... And one of yeah. the new companies make you pledge to allow them to use one room for Airbnb. Wow. Now, I don't yeah, know if these are any, I mean, I don't know if these are legit, so we're not telling you to go do this yet. We haven't checked them out. It says, but I see an ad, it says, no savings, no problem. These companies are helping home buyers with down payments. Housing market's main problem. Home Fund Me, a service launched by lender CMG Financial last year, is among a growing suite of services that help borrowers cobble together the funds to buy homes. These companies, startups, and established players in the housing market alike say they're offering options for borrowers who have good credit. So I don't know if they're good or not, but I think people, uh, companies are, you know, in any market, Uh, in any market, it could be a great market, it could be a bad market. Um, there's always opportunity. It's just that you employ different strategies in different oppor- in different markets. And with the market we're into today, where there's a shortage of listings, and you have the millennials, which is the largest generation demographically, and they're coming to the age where they're having kids and getting married. You know, their oldest ones are about 35, uh, and they sometimes very hard to save up for a down payment. So people are coming up with different businesses models that will fit the needs of the consumer today. So I don't know. Uh, I haven't done research on these companies. But you yeah, also- I, I think, yeah, you're right, Dottie. I think, I think a, with opportunity, a lot of these companies are, are creating vehicles now to partner up with the banks. I think these companies will still need to somehow, um, Partner up with the bank and 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 work coinc- I guess um, coincidentally with uh, with with the regulators and things of that nature. Still, but I mean, it's it's great that there's companies out there that are looking at the millennials as as target audience and then coming up with vehicles to help them um, qualify for a home as well. You know, it's great. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, again, it's too new to tell you. Uh, okay, and uh, you know, you, you certainly don't want to do any of these things without talking to an attorney like Jerry. Yeah. But uh, you see how people in different markets try to find different opportunities, and uh, that's what they're doing. Uh, because home prices made the biggest jump in four years, and they're up like 7.1% nationally, which is a lot, as I said in the beginning of the show. Another interesting factor was unsecured personal loans, where people lend. Like in other words, you know, you have a friend or you have a child that needs money for a down payment, or uh, you know, you know somebody who's buying an investment property, and you have some extra money, and the interest rates in the banks are not great. Personal loans surged to a record this year, and are the fastest-growing U.S. consumer lending category. So, personal loans. 
and that includes the bank of mom and dad. Uh, but if you're mom and dad, that's one bank that sometimes doesn't get paid back, and then they have to go to Judge Judy. Uh, <laughs> okay, but they, personal loans are very big now. Now, I want to tell you that I, 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 I like this idea. Uh, tell me what you think, guys. A Japanese company has developed a residential, now you know they have earthquakes, proofing system that raises the house off the foundation as far as an inch off the ground using air pressure. So it's like works like an airbag in your car, only like it's underneath your house. So when an earthquake hit, an earthquake hits, the compressors activate, forcing an immense amount of air under the home. And the house will levitate, like it will lift, like it's possessed. Okay? And the earthquake ends and be placed gently back on the foundation. Um, Japanese going have, to, what do you think? Uh, this is a great idea. The Japanese have uh, been in the forefront of, uh, you know, having trains that are not, you know, that are using uh, reverse magnetic fields to levitate yeah. as they go along which is a brilliant way to do it. Um, so I think it's a great idea. I think that's, that's, that's very cool. Yeah. Is that amazing? Very cool. I mean, very it says that they're going to import the technology to L.A. Wow. So maybe you'll see houses that are lifting, that, you know. You know but, you know, in L.A., they'll probably say they're possessed, you know, like there's spirits in them or something. But it's not a bad idea. By the way, I, I thought this was an interesting article, and it says... Who is the average New Yorker? And the Weissman Center for International Business at Baruch College in New York City, this is their data, and it's very interesting. It says, according to the numbers, the most typical New Yorker, very well would be white, native-born woman between 25 and 29 years old, living in Brooklyn. She might be working in the healthcare industry for an average of 49 hours a week and usually spends 34.8 minutes commuting to and from her job. Women now out, outnumber men citywide, okay, in New York City, 4.4 million females to 4 million males. And that is why women, if you're looking for a man, it might be rough in New York City. Go to the suburbs. And each borough as well. So if you're a straight man, woman seeking a partner, they said it before me, pickings are slim. 25 to 29-year-olds represent the highest percentage of New York citywide, and Manhattan is even higher at 12.1%. I know we have a break. I'll give you one more fact, and we'll finish up. Interesting, this age range is the biggest demographic in all boroughs except Staten Island, where 50 to 54-year-olds are the largest. I think we have a break. I'll finish this up. 866-970-9622. We'll be right back after the 11 o'clock news. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.